Welcome to the Big Ideas for Small Business podcast. Join us as our host and fellow small business owner, Tim Hayden, discusses topics beneficial to businesses of all industries. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Big Ideas for Small Business. I am your host, Tim Hayden, and I say it every podcast just about, but I'm very honored to have one of my good friends, Reggie Gay, with us today. Reggie, welcome. Thank you. It's great to be here. Yep. Hey, so for our listeners, uh, Reggie's going to introduce himself, but we've known Reggie for a long, long time. I don't know how many years, but probably 25-ish or 20-ish. Or... Yes, at least, and I knew your mother before I knew you. So. <laughs> That's right. So and so Reggie's been our labor attorney for a long time, and uh, uh, I won't say anything. Reggie, please introduce yourself to our listeners. Sure, um, glad to. So I'm Reggie Gay, lived in Anderson for 33 plus years. Um, I was previously in a private practice for the McNair Law Firm, and which merged with Burr and Foreman. Um, just so you'll have a little more background on me, I, I focused in employment law. I'm now with Anderson University as Vice President and University Counsel, which I love. Uh, they had been a client of mine for about as long as Sergeant Nettles has been okay. a, a client. But um, yeah, so I focused in the area of employment law and uh, dealt a lot with HR departments, uh, owners of businesses, things of that nature. So um, just it's, it's been great. Love Anderson um, and just proud to be part of this community. Now that's great. And uh, how long have you worked at Anderson now, Reggie? I've worked worked at Anderson about two and a half years. Okay. Right that's before great. COVID. Okay. Came at a great time. That, I understand. And hey, so and for our listeners, my son is a sophomore at Anderson University. So uh, we look forward to uh, uh, Tucker and Reggie and me connecting real soon. So glad to have them there. Yep. Okay. Hey, so um, a topic that I think is uh, uh a pretty hot topic right now is employee retention and as you know with uh, all the different things that went on you know Reggie you mentioned COVID there's just a lot of moving things over the last couple of years so um, Reggie my first question why is it important for a business to develop employment retention strategies well the first and foremost reason is employees are frequently your most valuable asset mm-hmm. um, if you don't have good employees you can't be successful and uh, you know it, it costs a lot when you have turnover. Um, I, depending on the, the category that employee fits in to, it can be 30 to 50 percent, uh, even for a low-level individual, 30 to 50 percent of their salary could be the cost, mm. their starting salary, the cost of bringing in someone new. If it's a higher-level employee, it can be 100 percent, even up to 400 wow. percent of their initial salary to train that individual bring them up to speed and you also you know if you you're losing long-term employees you're you're losing employees that have knowledge of the company and so there's just a lot of reasons why retention is important mm-hmm. oh that's good hey um, what are some common practices or processes businesses use to help with employee retention so uh, there are there's a number of them and um, it's not a one-size-fits-all kind of issue it depends a little bit on your company, the type of business you have. You know, are these salespeople? Are they uh, in a manufacturing facility uh, doing work? But, but you know, traditionally uh, it was more about money and maybe even title. They mm-hmm. were, you know, a a manager or vice president or whatever. A title meant a lot. But but now with the younger generation and even uh, the 
the older uh, generation uh, under baby boomers, it has a lot more to do with flexibility in the workplace. Mm-hmm. Um, it has a lot to do with uh, maybe remote work. And one of the things that you can really do to retain employees is onboarding. And uh, just r- very briefly, for those of you that don't know what onboarding is, it is different than orientation. Orientation is when you bring an employee in, you spend a day or two, you orient them, you explain the rules. Onboarding is a much longer process. It can go on for three, six months, um, you know, certainly at least 90 days, but it should go on longer than that probably. And it's a process where you really uh, bring that employee in and let them become part of the company. Very, very important process that most employers overlook. Hmm. Um, they may say they do onboarding, onboarding, but in reality they don't. So just a quick, quick example, uh, and, and backing up, I was in management with the law firms uh, that I was with, and when I left, it was 360 lawyers, I don't know how many employees, so a lot of, lot of employees mm-hmm. that we dealt with. Um, I, would, I would say that even um, we, we were bad on onboarding. You bring somebody in, and people take them to lunch maybe for the first day or two, and you know they meet people, and then after about a week, that all goes away. Mm-hmm. And so this new employee is there not really knowing anyone and not knowing what the culture is, and they're just left alone to do their job. That's not the way to do it. And we'll talk a little bit more about that because I think small businesses really have an advantage sometimes mm-hmm. over large businesses, large companies, in the that onboarding process. Okay, I think that's good. One thing that we do that our safety and training manager Lorenzo Davis, we do like we hire a new team member. We got uh, we do yeah, we do orientation as you mentioned, Reggie, but we do a 30, 60, 90 day touch. Because like right. a lot of times, you know, we do 90 days and then, hey, you know, are they doing well? Do we need improvement? Are they going to stay on our team or not? But I think you make that, if you if you make those connections every 30 days as, as you are onboarding someone, I think that's important. And I, to my knowledge, uh, I think Lorenzo still does that very re- religiously. That's great. And, and another thing is to have a mentor uh, or a big buddy or whatever you want to call them mm-hmm. for that new employee that they can go to and talk to, ask questions. But that individual should be the type of individual who is friendly, outgoing, and that they will make contact. Don't They shouldn't wait necessarily for that new employee to contact them. They ought to be reaching out to them on a fairly frequent basis. Um, I had a mentor in one of our mergers one time, and he called and said, you know, I'm really busy. If you have any questions, give me a call. Uh, and... That's not the type of mentor you need. Yeah, that's so, right. Yeah. Uh, that's good. Anyway, so I think having a mentor or a big buddy, whatever you want to term them, would be a great idea. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think that is a great idea. Hey, Reggie, my next question. For businesses that are, I want to be careful in using the word smaller, but uh, that you know may not be the size of a big corporation, especially like family-owned like we are, what are some ways to develop strategies to attract and retain employees uh, competitively against larger corporations that have uh, that have access to more resources. Sure. So you know every company uh, or business is different, and um, you have to look at uh, who you are as an employer, as a company. What is your culture? Mm-hmm. Uh, wh- what's important to you? So so that hopefully that family business, that smaller business, knows who they are and mm-hmm. and, and what they are. But um, the biggest advantage they have, I think, 
is that they have the opportunity to be personal, to have that mm-hmm. personal contact with the employees, to, to really um, bring them in to be part of the culture, part of the family, the business family. Um, you know, they, they are probably suited a little bit better to um, being able to uh, offer certain, uh, certain things to employees uh, depending on who they are. Keep in mind that not all employees are the same. So when we talk about baby boomers or millennials or Generation X, Y, Z, whatever, uh, Q, T, whatever it may be, uh, when we talk about those, you know, we tend to like lump them all together. Mm-hmm. That, oh, well, Generation X expects this, whatever. No, there's still individuals within those generations. So a smaller business can get to meet those individuals, those who they are, find out what's important to them, and hopefully be a little bit more flexible, uh, a little bit more adoptive in, in what they can do or, or uh, you know, provide benefits, things that those employees or that individual finds rewarding because mm-hmm. that's a key to, to retaining employees. No, I, I, I agree. I think it's uh, excellent information. Hey, Reggie, uh, next question. What is the easiest way to gauge whether your efforts in developing employee retention strategies are, are proven to be successful or unsuccessful? Well, the easiest way to gauge it is your turnover rate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so if you're losing lots of employees and, and uh, your turnover rate is high, then you've got a problem. And so, well, what is a reasonable turnover rate might be the next question. Yeah. Well, in general, and it, this varies on industry to industry, but in general, you should probably have a 90% or so retention rate. So 10% turnover is... 10% or less is good. Um, and now, again, it's going to vary by industry, but um, you, you're always going to have some turnover. Mm-hmm. But you want to keep it as minimal as possible. Um, lower, you know, there, there are certain industries, uh, for instance, um, tourism, you know, restaurants, uh, things like that, that you're going to have a higher turnover rate than in other fields. But, the, but keep in mind, if you have skilled workers, workers that need to be trained, you want that turnover rate to be as low as possible because the more skilled your worker is, the more unique your business is, the more it's going to cost to replace that individual Mm -hmm. because you're going to have perhaps downtime, you're going to have loss of their their knowledge, and it just costs a lot of money to to train someone and bring them into your environment, your workplace. Mm -hmm. One thing we do, and you've seen our numbers some, Regina, we measure um, you know, we measure turnover, and we found, and I think that, uh, our unskilled labor turns over far heavier than our skilled labor. Our core is very solid, so I think that, and also we measure in the first ninety days and after ninety days because that onboarding process. Sometimes you think that someone wants to be a machine operator, but you know what? They get here and they find out well, they really don't. So, right. So I think, but we measure those. I mean, do you think, do you recommend that people look at it from 90 days or should it be from the beginning, from your seat? Well, I think, so I don't know that you would do it from the beginning because I think you're right. It takes a couple of weeks for someone to really know what their job is all about and whether it's a good fit or not. It mm-hmm. really takes longer than that. Uh, 90 days is probably a good, good point. What you want to do is measure that uh, turnover rate consistently. So um, it can be done in a number of different ways, but you want to 
have it, it could be done uh, monthly, it can be done semi-annually, mm -hmm. quarterly, but you want to have a consistent way of seeing what the turnover rate is for a period of time. So that's really what you're looking at. Um, and uh, as you said earlier, the unskilled workers tend to have a higher turnover mm -hmm. rate uh, than, than skilled workers. Part of that's related to pay, part of it's related to perhaps the type of job they're doing. Um, there's a lot of different reasons for that that, that we can talk about, but okay. um, that, that tends to be the case in general um, across all businesses. Yeah, no, I understand. So anyway, I know that's something that we measure. That's why I want to ask you this question. So, hey, Reggie, my uh, next question. Due to the nature of this extremely fast-paced world that I think, in my opinion, is getting faster and faster with technology and the availability of information that we live in, generational changes are happening at an extremely rapid pace. How are employee retention strategies and efforts different now than they were, say, 20 years ago? Sure. Um, that's a good question. And uh, in some ways it's the same, but in other ways it's a lot different. So going back 20, 30 years ago, uh, someone went to work for a company out of college, and they worked there. They were at the company man, company woman. I guess going back to the 50s or 60s, it was probably a company man. That, that's more than 20 years. But, but um you know, someone went to work for a company and they were trained and then they advanced up through that company to a higher level. That is really what employees are looking for. They're looking for growth. They're looking for upward mobility. So that part hasn't changed. What I think has changed is the issue of flexibility. But going back 20 years ago, we did not have some of the technology we have now. Um, so several several ways that comes into play um, people people share how much they make now 20 years ago people didn't talk about what they made or their salaries it was impolite to ask why well, you know how much you make now now young people talk about that um, they talk about you know what their uh, company provides um, little things sometimes can make a big difference and, and again every company is different but you know some areas some places you can bring your dog to work that might not be a big deal to a lot of people, but some people it really is. Mm -hmm. um, some have on-site nurseries, which is very helpful to if you have a lot of young uh, employees that have young children. Um, some, um, you know, have flexible work schedules where they can work remotely. At, at at some sometimes, you know, I don't think it's necessarily good to have completely remote employees. Um, I think it's important to bring employees into the workplace so they can become part of the culture. They can learn who the company is. They know other people that they work with. You know, being purely remote is is difficult for retaining good employees. Mm -hmm. uh, but there's a lot of different ways it's changing. Changing. I think technology and social media has a lot to do with that. But um, when you look at it, um, it is pay as well, but it's not all about pay. It's about flexibility, particularly with younger workers today. Okay. I know that, you know, in, in you know, we're a manufacturing company. So and even back in, in COVID, we had, you know, our entire team for the most part was here. We had some of our white collar positions that would rotate and work a little bit remote. But, you know, and I think, you know, if you're a white collar organization, say attorneys, as, as that, that's right. where you've lived, you know, a, an attorney, you know, an attorney's fir attorney firm could probably could they work remote far easier than what we could as a manufacturer because the machines are here we can't move them and put them in somebody's garage right. exactly <laughs> you know so I think I think it's really going to depend on 
you know, whatever the industry that you're serving or whatever you're doing. So it, it varies dr- greatly now, but, but even with your uh, manufacturing uh, individuals out there, there are still some options you can maybe think about, uh, some flexibility uh, that, that might be, you might be able to give them, and that could be some floating days off. I know that, you know, you'd have to have someone replace them in order mm-hmm. to keep your, your product moving along, but there might be some kind of flexibility, you know, people enjoy long weekends um, as opposed to a five-day work week or whatever. So, you know, someone may be willing to come in and work that extra day to have a longer weekend once a month. There's some things you can discuss with your employees. One of the most important things is listen yeah. and, 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 and communicate with your employees. Listen to what they're saying. Um, listen to what their complaints are. Be part of the workforce, uh, you know, the, and, and and being an effective uh, leader, you you have to lead by example. You have they need to know who you are. Mm-hmm. You need to walk around and be part of them and talk to them and listen to them and find out what they don't like, what they do like. You know, what how how can we make this job better for you? Because there's a burnout if they're here and they're, everyone else is at home working. They're, they, they're seeing a burnout and they're looking for another way out. What job can I have where I have more flexibility? Yeah. So, but, but again, listening is really important. I, I agree. And, and I, for our listeners, you know, one thing that we've done at Sergeant Mental for a long time is that we, you know, we work seven days a week. We have, um, we have first shift, they work four 10-hour shifts Monday through Thursday. Our second shift team works four 10-hour shifts Monday through Thursday. So they have a long right. weekend. I mean, sometimes we work overtime on Fridays, but we try not to a lot. But um, And then they've got three-day weekends now. So they could schedule doctor's appointments and things on Fridays in mm-hmm. lieu of trying to leave work and do that. And then we've got a weekend shift. They work Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. They work three 12-hour shifts. So they work 36 hours and an incentive that we do. And, again, we're subject to changes. We have not changed in a long time. don't have any plans to do it. If they're here during their entire shift, they get paid for 40 hours. So, and then they have three days on, four days off. Right. So a lot of people like that flexibility. Well, and, you know, you might consider doing anonymous surveys. I mean, people always think you know who it is. But there are ways to do anonymous surveys. Like, what do you like least about your job? What can we do to make this a, a better work environment? And, and, again, that's another way to listen to them, you know, ask them what they're wanting. Sometimes if you're having a meeting with them in person, they might be reluctant to raise their hand and, ask a question but sometimes anonymous question surveys can yeah that's good we've done we've done some of those before and that's a good reminder we need to do that we need to check and see the last time we did that so and, and your managers uh, the people on the floor every day or whatever that are working with them mm-hmm. really important that they're talking to them listening to them and and they should be they should be one of them they're yeah. not a manager they're not necessarily better than them uh, you know, they're, they're working with them. Yes, I agree. I think that's some really good advice and wisdom there, Reggie. So hopefully our listeners will lean in and, and listen to some of that. So that's really good. Hey, uh, Reggie, next question. What are the most common reasons employees decide to leave or look for a new employment today? Well, I think most people would think pay. And, and pay always has a – it is important because uh, particularly if you're – on the lower end uh, of the pay scale, you know, there's a certain amount of money it takes uh, to survive, for for lack of better words. Uh, but but pay is important. You need to certainly be uh, competitive out there with other similar employers. 
But I, I don't know that that's the sole reason that, that individuals leave. One can be that uh, work is uh, not challenging. Uh, you know, employees mm-hmm. like to be challenged. Uh, they like to um, ha- have a challenge. I mean, coming in, doing the same day, same thing every day becomes monotonous and boring. So uh, I think that's important. I think that um, listening and, uh, you know, again, letting them know uh, how they can uh, – progress uh, upwards through the company do they have a chance of moving up into you know a supervisory role or Mm -hmm. something like that so upward mobility is very important Um, you know enabling them to have some additional training uh, exposing them to uh, things like that can be very important Mm -hmm. I think that there's no better and we're talking about this now as a company with leadership development and to me Reggie there's nothing better than to take someone that may have started out running a machine tool here and they learn the business and they become a supervisor and then they become a manager and they just, they, they're able to elevate and learn more and they're more valuable to the company. If they're more valuable, they're gonna, you know, they're gonna make more money. You know, so I think that if you can't promote from within, to me, I'm a big fan of that. Well, and the, I'll tell you, the other thing is when they feel like they are not appreciated, that's going to be a reason for them to leave. That's really good. That is really how unions uh, started because mm-hmm. employees start, felt underappreciated, underpaid, uh, you know, bad working conditions. So, not uh, having employees feel that they're just there uh, for the uh, company or their employer to make money, and they're not what they do is not appreciated, is probably one of the number one reasons people leave. I okay. think. Yeah, uh, and I would say. To me, that's common sense, and I agree. I think, you know, hey, people are important. You got to connect with them. I know personally, I, you know, I try to walk to the shop every day, and just I say, hey, how you doing? And you know, catch up. And I try to. We have 160 people now, but I try to know all their names because it's important. It know? is important. It is important. If you know their name and know a little bit about them and, yeah. and their family, and ask about it, yeah. you know, when you ask about how they're doing and their family, and you know their names and who their children are. That's extremely important yeah. because they're part of the family. That's right. You know, and we're a family business. We say we're part of the sergeant family, and you know, everyone here is part of the sergeant family. Right. So I think it is very, important. very, very important. I agree, hey, Reggie. Um, how can you be sure you stay up to date with the new working generation and equipping them with their professional needs for retention purposes? So you need to be informed. Uh, you you need to attend some uh, training seminars and there's a lot of them out there online ones but you know ha- how to uh, you just google you know seminars or conferences on how to retain employees and you're going to get hit with a lot of them but uh, for, certainly you need to educate yourself and and we've said this a couple times but you need to to listen and be part of the team and um, and hear what they have to say you know, and uh, enable your management to receive training so that they know how to be, you know, better, a better part of the team. Oh, that, that's, that's an excellent answer. I'm, I'm taking notes as you're talking, Reggie. Good. So, so, hey, as we, um, as, we, as we start to wind down our podcast today, Reggie, hey, what's one piece of advice that you would give to our listeners today that, hey, you know, they're, they're, um, man, they're drinking the Kool-Aid a little bit about employee retention. They may have struggled the last couple of years with all the COVID and everything going on. So what's one piece of advice you give our listeners? Well, it's hard to give one piece of advice, but I'm going to say that it's not all about the money. It's uh, about the quality of life right now, Um, particularly with younger employees. Now, 
keep in mind that the baby boomers uh, and, and now uh, I guess even the millennials have raised a lot of the employees that are coming into the workforce. So when we say that, oh, well, they don't want to work, they want to enjoy life, they want all this flexibility, well, that's partly because that's the way we raise them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, I think that you need to understand that quality of life is very important to them and, and feeling appreciated, as we've talked about several times. Um, and again, I, I can't emphasize enough the onboarding process. So that's not really an answer to your no, question okay. because right. it's more than one thing. But, um, you know, I, I can name a couple things that you can do. First of all, you can hire well. I mean, spend some time interviewing, vetting that employee. Are they the right fit for your culture? Because if you don't hire well, it's not going to go well. Also, don't keep bad employees. Mm. Don't keep employees that are consistently causing trouble Mm. because they're going to be out there stirring the pot. Um, I think that, you know, leadership starts at the top. It works its way down. And, um, you know, respect your employees. Be part of them. Reward them for good work. I know that that y'all do that. Mm -hmm. You're a great employer. I know your employees. You have a lot of loyal employees. I remember uh, a couple years back where you uh, had some employees that had been here for, I don't remember how many years, and you rewarded them with a car. Yep. Yeah. We had two that were here 40 years in 2018. That's right. So you reward your your longtime employees. And, you know, I I would also say it doesn't have to be the same thing for all employees because for some employees it may be money. For some employees it may be more time off. For some employees it may be bringing your dog to work, and that may not work in in a certain environment. Right. But not every employee is the same, so remember that. Give them, if you can, give them some options of how you reward them. Yeah. Again, what a great way to land the plane today. And, uh, you know, you gave us lots of good ideas at the end. Um, we, we, uh, we've had guiding principles as a company since 2010, and we updated our core values recently. We created core values. And one thing that we're doing is our team now, Reggie, we are hiring people that fit our core values. And to me, you know, you talk about hire well, that's part of the process. So we try not to be in a big hurry to hire, we want to go through our process, but we've had a lot of success doing that. And I think we'll have more and more as we just continue to make that better. Hiring the right person for the job and the right person for your company is important. As I said, not all employees are the same, are the same. not all companies are the same. They have different values, different mission fits, different cultures. So make sure you're hiring someone that fits in with your company. Yeah, that's great. And hey, so I will say a joke in a good way. So. Um, and, you know, Reggie was our labor attorney for uh, many, many years. Is this going to be a lawyer joke? Uh, well, no, I don't <laughs> think so. And, you know, the, our, our, uh, our lawyers and our uh, accountants, they, they work on nanosecond clocks. And so I'm just honored. that I hope that you're not going to charge us for this podcast today, Reggie. So anyway, you know, I, we love to joke and have fun. So anyway. the, This is a freebie today. How about that? <laughs> no, because I used to, when, every time I would call Reggie, i said, say, Reggie, don't charge me for this call. <laughs> but right. I know that's why we made his livelihood. We had a lot of fun over the years did, with Reggie doing that. So, hey, Reggie, again, thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to come hang out with us today. I know for me, I'm going to look at things a little bit different as we're wanting to. Uh, you know, imp- employee retention is very important to us. So you gave me some ideas that we can share with our team to make us better. So uh, grateful and thankful for you. Great. Well, thank you. It was a pleasure being here today. Yeah. And hey, for our listeners, uh, thanks for listening. Take care and God bless. 
If you would like to continue the journey with us, please subscribe and leave us a review to let us know how we're doing. If there are any specific topics you would like to hear, be sure to put that in the comments as well. We will be launching a new podcast on the first Wednesday of every month. If you know others that will get benefit from listening to this podcast, please share it with them and we'll be seeing you guys next month.